It's a niece of the shade. They was dying by my calling. Now they peeping away. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pretty and Profitable podcast. And today we're going to talk about a principle, perceptive. This one is going to be a little spicy. So I want you guys to stay tuned. We have a special guest, Latanya, who is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Latanya, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Tell the people about yourself. Well, I'm LaTanya Taylor, affectionately known as the Rev Coach, Mm. the Juicy Spirit Mama, the Priestess of Purpose, Pleasure, Passion, and Profits. I am really, I I would call myself more of a rebirthologist because I use transformational psychology Mm. to do soul therapy, to um, really help women around their mindset in relationship to love, sex, and money. So I turn blind spots into breakthroughs. We love it. <laughs> she t- she covered everything. <laughs> well, you know why? Because love, sex, and money is taboo. Yeah, it and is. And that's where a lot of our hidden um, blocks are. And treasures. And treasures. Yes. 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 A lot of times where the blocks are is where is where we should be digging. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So you wear many hats. Um, Can you talk to me about some of the roles that you serve in? Sure. So many people have seen my work on Ianla Fix My Life. Um, However, I've been in this field for over 20 years of transformation, um, processes, healing, rituals, rites of passage for women. Mm-hmm. Um, I do consider myself multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. And the reason I can I know that I've known that I was multi-purpose for a very long time, mm-hmm. but we are often conditioned in business to fit into a niche. And I think that I appeal to women who are also multi-purpose mm-hmm. because I am a minister. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a, more of a spiritual midwife than just a coach, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that that is, you know, and then I've have a whole professional life, you know, that yeah. I come from. Yeah. You know, it's so much power, you guys, in knowing who you are God. and just being unapologetic about it. Yes. Because people will say you have to do this. But. That may work for a lot of people, but then you have someone like Latanya and, and myself where yes. I really can't be put in a box. Yes. It's really hard. Yes. And that sometimes is God has a purpose for someone to do one specific thing sometimes. And then you have other women like the Proverbs 31 woman where she is all around, you know, I handling know. business, taking care of home, taking care of people. Um, and so you do have people that don't fit into that niche like you're saying and you know what the proverbs 31 woman when we look at the three and the one you get Mm -hmm. four Mm -hmm. and so when you get that that's multi-purpose to Mm -hmm. touch all four corners of the Mm -hmm. earth right Mm -hmm. so who said we were supposed to just be one way all the time we go through seasons that's why i call it rebirthology because it's not a one-time event and i certainly have a testimony Mm -hmm. of not having one event it's one event that opened the way for the next yes i like that you talked about the four because there's four stages of the butterfly you weren't a butterfly yeah yeah, yes i am butterfly i'm that butterfly four (laughs) stages right yes so there's the the first stage which is the caterpillar that has no evidence of who it's going to become 
and uh, the caterpillar has to sit on a particular leaf. It has to eat a specific leaf. Its diet is very specific and it has to eat 10 times its normal weight. And then the second stage is when it goes up and it goes upside down, which is a very uncomfortable Come on position, now. right? Yes. And then the third stage, which is called the pupa stage. Yes. Pupa in Latin means pain, mm -hmm. right? And that's when the caterpillar is actually kind of vomiting up the yeah, liquefies. thing that's within it. Yeah. So at the second stage, the first stage, second stage, and third stage, there is nothing that it needs other than what's already inside of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then that third stage, the pupa stage, it starts to wrap itself. Yes. Right? In that stage, scientists say that if you abort, if they abort the process or someone cuts the cocoon, that that caterpillar that's transforming into a butterfly will never be able to fly. That's right. So the pupa stage, I feel, is the most important stage. All of them are important. Yeah. And we can't abort any of the stages. Mm -hmm. But the pupa stage, actually, the cocoon is going like this. Yep. It's shaking. And that is where uh, my book, Juicy, was born from. Mm. Well, really, my process, Juicy. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, Juicy is, ju and in fact, the women who've gone through my Rites of Passage mm -hmm. program, they are called Juicy Butterflies. Wow, I didn't and know oftentimes, people only look at the sensual part of Juicy, women mm -hmm. who may be attracted to the sensual part. Mm -hmm. But the spiritual part, the transformation That's part, great. the Rites of Passage part, mm -hmm. the healing part, the liquefaction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the part of the process yes. that I bring to the butterfly. That's and awesome. Other women who are looking to, you know, become butterflies. That's awesome. Do you yeah. see how? You yes, see that? indeed. I love it. I love it. That, But that stage, you know, that pupa stage for women, a lot of times we're trying to jump out of it. Yep. Right? Oh and then God. we realize, we look back years later and we're trying to figure out why haven't we got to this point or why haven't, well, we jumped out of our pupa stage. Yes. Right? And we can't abort that stage. It's a very tight, dark space. But they said that, the scientists say that within that stage, the butterfly is actually going like this. It's strengthening its wings. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can strengthen the wings is the tight space. Right? It. Yes. And then the fourth stage is, you know, it coming out of the cocoon, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Completely transformed, not yep. looking the same. Yep. And there's something about transformation that the other caterpillars can't like you have people that are still caterpillars in your life yeah and they look you know at the butterfly and they're like uh, well you used to but we're supposed to nature shows us that if we just follow its natural pattern we're supposed to be transforming changing Absolutely. renewing yes renewing our minds right. you know constantly exactly and then that fourth stage is interesting because the butterfly still can't fly yet because the wings are wet. That's right. So it has to stand there and let the wind blow to dry its wings. That'll preach. <laughs> that oh, We need the wind. To, the wind has to blow, even with a tree. Yeah, it makes me think about uh, how it, it takes me to rebirth as well. Because Nicodemus said, shall I re-enter my mother's womb mm. to be born again? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in, in that same verse, they talk about the winds that blow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we don't want the winds to blow. No, we just want and the rebirth. <laughs> we want to look like the butterflies. Yes. yes. But not go through the process. Yes. Yeah. But and there the, is a process. There is a, oh, is it a process? 
facts. That's my testimony. And we can't abort it. That is my testimony. Mm -hmm. And I could have been aborted uh, in many places because, mm -hmm. you know, when when we have unhealed trauma. Yes. Uh, or overcompensation is what I also oh, call yeah. it. There's a lot of overcompensation for women right now. For us. Yeah. Yes. Overcompensation per per performance anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's rewarded. Mm -hmm. And so, unfortunately, a lot of women don't get a chance to see that they were that butterfly in that pupa stage because it looks like something else. Yes. Something else becomes your crutch. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. your your wings were wet. Yes. But you but you have the illusion. That you're flying. Exactly. And it the could wings. be the ring. Right. Mm -hmm. It could be the things that you yes. uh, that you you achieve yes. and the people that you're in social association mm -hmm. with. But when you're when you're empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I talk about that in the book. I talk about this identity crisis that women go through. Yeah. And I get into it right now. <laughs> but I talk about the book is really about identity, becoming the woman that can do the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, we're taught to do first. And then once you get there to become. Yeah. Right. But it's really the opposite. Uh -huh. You know, it's really that we should become first. Right. But we have this identity crisis because we're told that, you know, that you're valuable if you're a wife. You're yep. valuable. So we're pursuing, pursuing, pursuing these titles. Yep. When I thought about, you know, I was telling women, you, those are accessories. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? If you become a wife, good. If you don't, you're still valuable. Yeah. If you become a mom, good. But if you don't, you're still valuable. Yes. Being a mom, like you will ask a woman, who are you? And they'll say, well, I'm a mom of this and I'm a wife of that. Absolutely. And then I'll, you ask them again, well, who are you? Well, I'm an architect and I'm an engineer. Exactly. You are not who you're attached to. You yeah. are not what you do. You Absolutely. are exactly who God said you. And we have to get back to that part. Yeah. And so you find a lot of women, like you said, they're f like highly driven more because they don't know who they are. Yes. They think they're going to discover it at the top. Yep. And it's like, no, baby, it's at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the and, bottom. And the worst thing is when you do, you marry in that state of mind. Yes. You have children in that state of mind. Yes. And then you can spend years in that state. Creating a picture. Because you never, ever dealt with identity, who mm -hmm. you really are. Mm -hmm. And and quite frankly, sometimes who we really are scares us. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much beauty, so much so many colors, so many women have mm -hmm. that just have not been allowed to be free. Yeah. And so when we take on those those mindsets of, well, I am this, I do this, mm -hmm. oftentimes it's a program that was inserted in us. Yes. I call it the good girl program for many people. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's the good girl. The good girl is, is she is not, she is not our ally. She may have kept us out of get from out of trouble from getting in but trouble, she's lost. but she is not our ally. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, you know I'm a pastor's daughter. <laughs> okay, come talk about it. <laughs> and I I was the typical. <laughs> Were you? Oh yeah, I was. I mean, but this is one thing that um, I was just thanking God and 
complete gratitude at nine years old. Um, I remember exegeting the text, you know, Greek and Hebrew had my concordance, my vines and all of that. I didn't know what I was doing. My mom just taught it to me. And I had taken, I had taken this class, um, where I had to approach, you know, it was a Christ ambassadors where we had to teach people about Jesus. So I was talking to adults and, um, I say that this, the scriptures is like my second language almost. I, I know and I understand things from the scriptures. Um, but there was a time that I started to rebel um, from the scriptures because I felt that it was oppressing me. Yeah. So I was the virgin in high school, went to college and wowed out. Like, you know, um, because I didn't have um, the antennas. So even my choice in men was like, oh, they like me, they're nice. Yeah. You don't know. Right. Because I didn't get a chance to exercise. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, I didn't really embrace like the good girl thing. I, at nine years old, really loved God. No, I I totally get it. Yeah. I, because I, I, I have a similar story. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't wild out in college. I actually... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, let me tell you, in psychology, you know that when, when we have phases mm. that we are des designed to go through. Okay. And when you don't complete phases, you revisit them. So when, uh, when, you, when we don't live out adolescence, yes. young adulthood, Ooh. discovering, exploring, mm. what happens is when we get back to the to 40s and 50s, they call it a midlife crisis. No, it's not. Mm. It's you go, returning to finish incomplete mm. cycles of development. Now, mm. some people check out of here before they get a chance to fully yeah. develop, and that's the toxicity, the trauma, yes, and that's the, right. But um, when you don't have those complete cycles, yes. you will revisit them. So mm -hmm. it, it that's not even really just a good girl. It really is organic and yeah, it's, by design. It's, it's our stages. Yeah, it, it's those stages. So mm -hmm. for me, similar, like I was a good girl in another way. Mm -hmm. I loved God. I fell in love yes. with God, too. I thought, hey, if you read the the Bible from cover to cover, it guaranteed you a place in, in heaven. Right, and you right, know what I mean? Right, right. And so I went to college. And while everybody was getting ready to wild out, yeah. I was having some other kind of spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And I accepted another religion, mm. which I changed my dress. I changed my diet. Yeah. I, so I still followed a religious format. Yes. And so when I say I've been born again, mm -hmm. I really have been, yeah. I've had many rebirths. Yeah. And, but I also had to let something die. Yes. You have to. I had to let the old belief system, the religiosity, the dogma, the fear yes. of being put in a heaven and a hell. I had to let that die yes. so that, that the true Christ consciousness of love mm -hmm. could be born in me mm -hmm. as me through mm -hmm. me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then, you know, I've gone on to study other things as yes. well. And so I was that, that, that chick too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I got married at 19, mm -hmm. you know, because I was still you following, was, was following it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you don't want to burn. And I was, <laughs> I didn't have sex with my husband until we got married. Yeah. Yeah. Do that again. But you don't want to burn. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I talk about on the podcast a lot, the word believe that you have to amen, A-M-A-N, which is to confirm before you amen, A-M-E-N. So A-M-E-N actually derives from amen, 
which is to confirm. You have to believe before you have faith. But you talked about believing. And believing is one of those things that you can't be double-minded in. You have to literally, one thought has to die in order, in order for you to make the commitment to mm-hmm. surrender to the new thought. Mm-hmm. And that's what belief is. That has to go so I can walk in that. Yeah, because we we don't choose a lot of what we believe, but we, we can choose we don't challenge it. new beliefs. We don't challenge it. So old beliefs have to, you cannot put new wine in old wine skins. And so, you, those, so a lot of people, when you study belief though, it really is the absence of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Belief is not knowledge. No. Other no. people have to inform what you say, you're saying you believe. Mm-hmm. But to know is, is to, it's the same, you know, when the, when the scripture talk about knowing, they're talking about, you have to have, make love to that thing. Yes. It mm-hmm. has to enter into you. You have to digest it. It's an it. intercourse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So many of us, are specializing in belief, belief, right, being right. believers. Yes. But what about being a knower? Yes. See, Noah, oh mm-hmm. girl, don't bring, don't, don't, <laughs> don't get that, that thing. So, when, you know, because yes. when you look at the etymology of words, yes. they may not be spelled alike, but if they sound alike, and when you go to the, come on now. He knew. So when he, he knew. Mm-hmm. What is it that Noah knew? Mm-hmm. So Noah had to, to act when everybody called him crazy. See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when so we're in this season right now where we have to shift from being believers yeah. to know us. And that's why yeah. the media programs us on Ooh. what to think. That's why we don't know how to to farm veg, vegetables. Yes. We don't yes. know. We don't know how to be make our kitchen, our medicine cabinet, because we're still letting outside influences program who yes. we are when grandmama them who who you know you. grandma grandmama them yes that cash we look oil and a- <laughs> we look down on them right but they knew something yes that we didn't know right. but right. it's in our dna it is yeah, we can call and, it and noah it. noah had to be instructed by god on what to do yeah that's right. what type of wood the measurement and all of that and a lot of what we know is really god instructing us yes it's not Sometimes it's not prior knowledge. Yeah. The wisdom that you have, it could have been an experience, but it was God giving insight to it, telling you this is what this was. Yes. And that's the job of a coach, of a, mm. of a masterful coach, mm. is to pull out of you what is already, already there. in you. Yes. If you are working with somebody and they're giving you all the answers and they're telling yes. you you have to do their formula, Mm-mm. and then you beat yourself up if you're in business. I don't know if we're going to talk about business, but if you're in business and you're living somebody else's formula, that works for a little while. But when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When, I, when I'm when i all grown up, I put away childish, childish things. things. That doesn't mean that I'm not coachable, trainable, and yes. teachable. What it means is that I'm able to run it according to my design. To who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about what you've been talking about recently, which is forgiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. Tell me about it. So forgiveness is um, it's a powerful subject. Yeah. It is a spiritual cleanser yeah. in my in my training, in mm-hmm. my understanding of forgiveness. And I believe that we are in a season based on what's happening on the earth right now and what's happening in the cosmos where 
forgiveness is uh, going to be a spiritual cleanser for us to make room for the next thing for yes. new beliefs. Yes. Forgiveness can make room for new beliefs. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness makes room in your heart to love yeah. because when your heart is shut off and closed off, nothing can come out. Nothing can get mm -hmm. in. A lot of people think that um, specializing in cutting people off is some show of strength. It actually is really just a prayer to ask for it to show up again in Ooh, another way. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> I done cut some people off now. <laughs> well, when you cut, when you when you unconsciously cut people off. Unconsciously. With, yeah. Okay. When you unconsciously cut people off without one for first of all, forgiveness is for you first. Yes. Yes. And I think that it is the most um mistaught mm. principle mm. in churches absolutely all over i can't speak on that absolutely the country absolutely because we they throw it out there they don't and then how. there's no how yeah. and there it is a process yes. to forgiveness yes. and if pastors are not trained to to teach it they shouldn't do it yes they should leave it to people who are trained yes. to facilitate yes. forgiveness processes yes. Yes. And it is not just um, a I forgive myself from a mindset of I did something wrong. Yeah. No. Forgiveness is I'm forgiving the belief. Yeah. Of whatever. I forgive the belief that I did anything wrong. Yeah. I forgive the belief that they did anything wrong at a certain point. Right. I mean, so there's several layers of forgiveness um, that actually frees up space. Yes particularly when it comes to our abundance, mm -hmm. our prosperity. Yes. Sometimes one of the reasons we're not winning in business or we end up being betrayed in business or mm -hmm. broken in business mm -hmm. is because we have so many issues of the heart. Mm. And, and many of, uh, there's a generation now that if you don't hurt their pockets, you, you can't even have access to their heart, their mind, their spirit. It, it is so true. So when you so when you your profits are are slow or you're not getting where you want to go, oftentimes the kind of work I do with mm -hmm. spiritual business owners is we check in there. Right. What's going on? Yeah. What's the flow? It's nothing. Just is just happening. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, my forgiveness. Um, that was actually I would say the first lesson that I learned that I remember as a child. Mm -hmm. That was something that um, that was kind of put on me in the sense of um, I had found out that my uncle killed my father. Mm. Now, by the time I found out, my uncle was everything. I loved him. Mm -hmm. So when I found out, it was a hit like, whoa. Yeah. You know, it was a yeah. it was a hit. Just take your breath away. Because I had been told, oh, this person robbed. And, and a lot of the story was true. I just always questioned, well, what happened to the person that killed my dad? Wow. It was just I just never got that answer. But what happened one day is um, it was right after. Um, so I'm from L.A. Mm -hmm. And. uh and it was right after Nipsey died. Uh, it was ac actually, I was in Africa when he died and I got all these messages when I came back. Uh, came back home and I was sitting there in the quiet, just sitting mm -hmm. there. 
and I started to hear something, right? Mm, I love and it. Um, what I heard was, I need you to go back and get what's yours, mm. right? And there was a few other things that I heard clearly that I had never heard, didn't have any knowledge of. And I called my grandmother and I said, this is what I heard. I said, I believe it was my father speaking to me. And so I called his wife and I told her exactly what he said. And she says, that's, that's your dad. I said, but what does she mean? Go back and get what's yours. Mm -hmm. You know, so I end up like digging deeper and discovering that Nipsey and my dad died the same day. So I was completely like, I remember when he died, I remember just this immediate anxiety that came over me. But the worst part was I had, you know, they kept replaying the video of him dying and he was killed by someone he knew, right? And so it was like an immediate, like re, <laughs> like almost like a re, you know, opening of this knowledge that I had. So mind you, at 18, I found out my uncle killed my father, continued a relationship with him, loved my uncle. We talk almost every week <laughs> a lot, right? Love my uncle. But it was at 18 that I had to learn to forgive. And right? what's your relationship with your uncle now? We we talk every week. Like cuz he had a story, didn't he? He just recently told me the story, but it because he was 21, my dad died at 23. Um my his father, my grandfather died at 23. The same way. His friend killed him. And so imagine once you discover all you these layers, imagine how I view friendship. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, imagine how the, the, the work that I have to do to embrace friends or a brother or a sister, you know what I mean? And so I didn't find all of that out until my 30s. So I'm 38. I found out when I was about 31, uh, the okay. details, but I knew at 18. So all that time I had forgiven my uncle. I loved, you know, it was the first lesson, a hard lesson that I had to, you know, deal with. But then it came up again when Nipsey died. Because I visually saw someone that knew him kill him. Same day as my dad. Same date? Same date. Yeah, okay. As my father. Okay. Um, same neighborhood. You know, oh, same, wow. my, my dad was very much the Nipsey of his time. Like, when he died, they had blocked off the streets on Slauson and, and Western. It was a huge church that was there. Um, my dad was a street pharmacist. <laughs> and I remember them blocking off the streets because... The, the it was so many people coming from all over the world for my dad's funeral. And like was, Nipsey. So I was reliving it again. Yeah. I was reliving it and I couldn't express to anyone what was happening. But Deja vu. it was it I could not express it, but the go back and get what was yours came up. And so I end up sitting at Hilltop. It was a cafe that all people from LA go to. And the guy that had designed the marathon store, we used to have coffee there. He's um he now works for Apple and stuff like that. But he sat with me one day and he says, you know, um, I said, I said, has has Nipsey been talking to you? Like we have the have you gotten any messages? And he was like, yeah, you know, and so we are talking about the spiritual aspect of hearing from our ancestors and yeah. that people. I was just trying to let you finish woo, this. Right. <laughs> and so he says to me, I said, you know, so I told him, I said, yeah, you know, I found out that this was the same date that my dad died. And I, you can Google it. Like, I Googled my dad's death because um, he was killed at a restaurant. And when after that, they shut down the restaurant. 
And so, wow. um, so we talked and he's from Ghana. And I said, I, this is the message that I heard. I, I heard, go back and get what's yours. He says, sister, he said, that's what we use in, in Ghana. We, it's Sankofa. Yeah. Sankofa means go back and get yeah. what's yours. Okay. And Have you so, seen the symbol? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. oh, 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 this is it. Yeah. Right. But I talk about this, this, um, you know, you never know what people, where they're coming from. Right. Um, and forgiveness was the first lesson that I learned at 18, you know, and, and how do you love someone that has changed your whole life? Like I went from private school to public school because the person that, you know, my dad was the financial, you know, breadwinner of, you know, and going from a man that, you know, that was, you know, pick me up every day to now I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up because she's working late. You know, just all of these things to go and and actually let me tell you when it happened. The day before so the the me hearing everything go back and get what's yours was the day before my uncle's fiftieth birthday. Well, so you know <laughs> <laughs> And I went the, to his the, 50th birthday. So the diviner in me is hearing so much. Yes. Right now. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I love your story. Yeah. And, but in your, we have medicine in our story. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes our ancestor is speaking. Yeah. And so one of the ways that, you know, when I work with women to read, to do readings is the date. Oh, yeah. So I would, I would, I would look at that date. Yeah. Right. And see what that what that also offers. Maybe mm -hmm. we can, we'll talk later. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would look at that date. And but I didn't know the date. It was when Nipsey died. It was it was like you don't have to know. It was like so traumatizing for me. Yeah, I had just like before I went to Africa, I went over there to the store, and Sam, I mean, um, Adam, which is his cousin, used to drop me up. We used to, we he used to pick me up from school all the time in high school. I mean, um, college, and I went and I was like, "Hey, I'm about to go to Ethiopia. Do you guys want anything? Do you need anything?" He's wow. like, and so I had just like, yeah, went but that's, through, that's you know? not that's definitely not coincidental. Yeah, but that's yeah. another type of conversation in my, yes. in my opinion. It's so far from forgiveness, yes. but it is yes. definitely connected to your story yes. of forgiveness. It was forgiveness. the vehicle. Yeah, it, it's a vehicle. It absolutely is vehicle. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are vehicles like that. Yes. You know, um, but that forgiveness really, the forgiveness aspect of being able to release mm -hmm. whatever attachments to something being taken from you. Yes. Let me tell you what he said recently, a conversation. And I had called Cole because I was just blown away by what my uncle said. He called me one day. He says, hey, Nunu. He's that Nunu. That's what mm. my dad called me. Hey, Nunu. That's a New Orleans thing, too. Yeah, we're from yeah. Louisiana. I, yeah. know, I know. <laughs> Honey, I know it. I know my people. Yes. <laughs> so he said, hey, Nunu. He says, um, he says, uh, man, he said, you know, all this time I had a clearance. He had a, a clearance to um, to go through the airport because he used to own uh, trucks. He had a trucking company years ago and you had to have like a, a clearance to go through the airport. And he said, you know, I've been traveling about 20 years and I didn't realize I still had this clearance. I didn't have to take off my shoes and do this and do that. So he's talking about. Um, you know, this, he said, but you know, when I, when I got the background check years ago, when I did the truck driving, they said there was something on my record, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says, yeah, they said it was, uh, something on my record. And my mind already knows what was on there. Yeah. My brain is telling me, right. But I'm letting him walk through this, right. Because my concern or not my concern, my desire is to continue a relationship with him. Cause that's all that I have of my father. I'm like, however he wants to process and telling me, mm-hmm. however he wants to tell me and we can walk through it. So he says that and he says, and then he tells me the day mm. that, you know, they got arrested, um, never had any prison time because it was the brother You know, he's telling me all of this and he says, you know, it was a man that stood next to me in court. And he says that the man said, just say exactly what I'm telling you to say. He says, and he said, I never seen this person before and I never seen him again. I just repeated what he said. He said, and then the guy, he says, I was there. I was the last person. And then they said, not guilty. And they let me out. He says, I was so nervous. I walked down the hall. He said, I thought they were going to like shoot me in the back or something. He says, but man, like. You know, so he's talking about this thing as a miracle. And so I told him, and so he says, you know, no, no, he says, do you think that, he said, you know, when you think about Pharaoh, he said, when the locusts came and Moses told Pharaoh to let my people go, he says, do you think that it was a miracle that, um, you know, when the locusts came to Pharaoh? And he said, I, do you, he said, do you think that it was something, he, the, do you think that Pharaoh thought it was something that happened to them? And I said, yeah, of course, Pharaoh, for Pharaoh, it was something that was happening to him. But to the to the Israelites, it was a miracle. But he's talking to me, not knowing what he's saying. So I stopped him and I said, uncle, I said, do you understand what you're saying to me? And he says, no, he was like, yeah, I'm just saying like he's not associating his story of getting out of jail. And never being charged. Mm hmm you know, to what the parable or the story. And I said, I say, your miracle is my devastation. Mm. And he was just like, and so I told him, I said, I think that it's time for me to tell this story because a lot, the love that I have for him was protecting the story. Oh, absolutely. And that's, a, is that, cr- that's a, I didn't so, want to say, no, but so, so, you know, <laughs> Sometimes, so forgiveness is not always that that the offense happened to you. Yes. Right? So sometimes we're carrying the water of other people, other situations in our family, other opinions of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, And not only that, who said that you were supposed to be angry or that you were supposed to be traumatized? Why am I subscribing to that? Right. Right. Who said that that's supposed to be what you're loyal to? So forgiveness is a lot of things. It's a lot of things and it's a process and it's Mm -hmm. not a one. It's like I say, it's not a one hitter quitter. It's not a one hitter quitter. You keep discovering. Right. And, and, and like you said, you had a trigger that took you back into that trauma. You can have a trigger Mm -hmm. that, that reminds you, Oh wait, there's residue here. Yeah. So let me go back into process. Once you have the tools, you can reuse the tools or sometimes you may have to go deeper and there's ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other piece that I've been teaching on lately, that is the twin of forgiveness. And I know, you know this, but uh, you know, as a PK, which I still want to know how you're, Dad was a street pharmacist and a, and stepfather. 
Okay, I don't call him. I don't call him stepfather ever. Okay, it's okay, just hard it. to say. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. That makes sense. Yes, but this twin of forgiveness yeah. is but, but there's a lot of those street pharmacists turn. <laughs> oh no, I know. <laughs> so like, it's possible. I, oh, it's totally possible. I just didn't know if it was at the same no, time. No, 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 no. <laughs> but but yeah. So so the twin of forgiveness is atonement, mm. and. A lot of times situations when w women have breakdowns with mm -hmm. other women, mm -hmm. when we have breakdowns in our family, it's not enough all the time just to say, I'm sorry, but you don't know what you're saying. I'm sorry for. Yes. Or you just pretend like nothing's happened. Oh, I can't. Because time has passed. You're asking for it to happen again. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't happen with the same person, yes. when you don't get the lesson, when you have, so there's even steps. So after. Ooh, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. What I said. <laughs> you said, so when you're acting like it doesn't happen or it hasn't happened, yeah. you're asking for it to happen again. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That is how we pass down trauma in families. Absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna cry. It's okay. That's exactly how we pass down trauma. Oh. This is how women Ooh. pass down trauma to yes. other women because we don't tell our stories. No. This is how we end up being mad with our daddies, don't have relationship with our fathers, if yes. mama is mad with yes. them and aunties are yeah. mad with yeah. them. Yeah. And so when we pretend like something doesn't happen. We do it in the black community so, so much. much and we don't understand what we're doing. But it's okay. So that is a part of our collective trauma. If yes. we're ever going to get out of the condition that we're in, we have to ask ourselves, how is it that we are so great, but this is our condition? Yes. So that means that there has been an injury. Oof. That means that when we were great, Oof. we w there was an abuse of power. Yes. When we were great, yes, we did. We treated the, the 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 what we call the colonizer probably much like he's treating us. Mm -hmm. That's hard, yes. a hard conversation. Yes. But it is necessary in this season for us to clean it up. If we yes. look, we don't have generational wealth the way other people have it. No. Why? Because we're pretending like something didn't happen yes. in the collective. Yes. We're pretending like we were not the perpetrators. And it's our job, the ones of us who are having aha moments like yes. this, to say, okay, I am the, sh I am the thing that I pray for. Mm -hmm. I'm the change that I yes. want to see. You might not be able to talk to anybody in the family because the assignment is yours. A lot of times we're doing work for our family. We're the cultural custodians oftentimes. Ooh. We're the ones that's shifting the genetics in our family. We're the ones. We're the Neo in the matrix. Yes. And, and the Oracle said, if I had told you, 
We're talking about identity, right? If I had told you that you were the one, would you have believed me? If I had told you that the cookie or the plate or the cup or whatever happened in the matrix, it was going to fall, would you have believed me? No, because we have cognitive dissonance when it comes to believing that we are that powerful, that Mm -hmm. we are the one that we've been praying for. We are that. We are are that one. Now imagine if I accept that. Mm. I'm not fighting against that. I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. Right. What? That's the work that I do, sis. You take the assignment. Soul surgery. Because yes. you're healing seven generations forward mm-hmm. and seven generations behind you. That means I don't have to necessarily know my grandmother's name. Yes. I might, but guess what? Her DNA is in me. Her stories are in in me. me. I don't have to know it. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I just call to that energy. Yes. Oh my God. Somebody, you know, in the church, we say somebody pray for me. Right. But, but we don't understand that outside of it. We don't understand it outside of the four walls. And we condemn other people who step outside them. Just like the prodigal son. Yes. The good son, the good boy stayed home, didn't right, he? Right. And he condemned, what is my brother doing? Basically, mm-hmm. he's out there with the swine. Yeah. But he was collecting experiences yes. that was refining him yes. to be able to be in the position yes. that was already his. Ooh, me and you. We... <laughs> <laughs> oh. For someone who might. You know, for someone who's watching who knows they have someone, yes. something they need to forgive, what are some things? So for people that are watching this, mm-hmm. that know, I mean, forgiveness is a is a tough topic, yeah. especially if you don't have the tools and you don't have the people around to support it. Yeah. People acting like nothing happened. Yeah. What advice would you give uh, to those people that are, Maybe they know that they should forgive, um, but they haven't started. What are the things that they should be doing? So forgiveness, once again, the first thing, it is for you. Mm -hmm. So acknowledge first that I'm hurt. I'm Mm -hmm. offended. I am upset. Mm -hmm. Um, My feelings were hurt. I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. That felt like betrayal. Whatever it is, acknowledge it Mm -hmm. to yourself out loud. A lot of times what we do when we're hurt is we go talk about it to other people. Mm -hmm. We gossip. Mm -hmm. We go to people who can't do anything about it. Who can't walk you through it. Now, we now when you do that on a job or in certain fraternities or sororities, that kind of thing can get you put out. But we don't have that kind of loyalty when it comes to be to to our own work, Mm -hmm. doing our own personal work. So the first part is being able to acknowledge it. Mm If you do not have the tools, the next step is get them. Yes. From a there are books. Yeah. But there are coaches. I'm doing a process really soon, just for this season. And so when I when I do that process, we start with that form of acknowledgement. Yeah. Cause see, awareness is different from acknowledgement. See, I can be aware that I'm hurt. I don't like you. Yes. I don't like what you did. Yeah. I'm aware. Yes. But to acknowledge it yes. is to to actually make to to state it. Now, yes. a lot of times, particularly women in marriages, mm-hmm. we want to go to the the source of our upset. Mm-hmm. That's not always um, the optimal 
okay. uh, possibility mm -hmm. because other people could be toxic or you could be placing your expectations that they have the resolution for you. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they don't. <laughs> so, I'm, so, that, so reconciliation is more of a part of that atonement yes. process. Yes. But to forgive mm -hmm. is really deeply personal to confess it to yourself, yeah. but also then to that. Okay. Now, after I confess it to myself, that is when I, we get into the, um, neuro-linguistic programming mm -hmm. where you literally can, can, can write statements mm -hmm. where you're not just focusing on one, the person mm -hmm. or one the, or two, the behavior. Mm -hmm. You can start there. Yeah. But there are steps after the person mm -hmm. and the behavior yeah. that has messages for you much deeper. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, mm -hmm. what is showing up mm -hmm. showed up somewhere else before. Absolutely. So Absolutely. until you get to to the core yes. of what that thing really mm -hmm. represents for yeah. you, it'll show up in a different pair of pants. Yes. It'll show Absolutely. up in a different office. Absolutely. It'll show up in a different on a different stage mm -hmm. for everybody that's trying to be seen and social. Right. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll continue to show up. So that so I, there are steps in between. But when you get down to that that core uh core wound, mm -hmm. that's when freedom comes. Oh yeah, it's so one of the things that I did. My mom's a life coach, so I don't know if she walked me through this. I can't tell you. But um, there, there was a time where someone had offended me. Mm -hmm. No one acknowledged it. Yes. Right. But then God took me and he said, you've done worse to me. Yeah. How about that? You've done worse to me. Right. And I paused. And so he says, so every time you think of them, say, I forgive them. Every time, every time the person came to my mind, I said, I forgive you. That's really, that's really you. good one. That's really good. Like that immediately. But I can't think about what new thing I want to add to the table. <laughs> oh, you know what? And then they, but God had literally took me and he showed me, Anissa, you have done worse to me. Yeah. I can give you a real life scenario that just recently happened in my life. You know, um, I had a very, very good friend um, who came to me and said, LaTanya, I was wrong. I hurt you. Please forgive me. Because a third party came into our friendship mm. and created chaos mm -hmm. and manipulated mm -hmm. people for profits, mm -hmm. not relationships, people mm -hmm. for profits. Mm -hmm. And I saw the play being ran as a seer. Yes. Sometimes we see things long before other people do. Oh, girl, I know, right? Oh. I know, right? I know. You know, you know how that feels. And you're just like, I know what am it's I lessons in that for me, too. Oh. So so um, I saw it and we're yes. talking about years. Right. And so you don't know if you're going to if this means next month. I saw <laughs> it. I tried to talk to the person yes. about it. Yes. And she told me I could not see what you could see. Yes. And she said I had to live it. Yeah. Now, when she asked me for forgiveness, I could have easily, one, just said, oh, okay, because you're the good girl. Right. Okay, yes, yeah, she's saying she's right. sorry. Right. Right? Right. And we do that. We do that. And yes. I've done that. Yeah. And I did, but I didn't say anything. Yes. But the other thing we do is gloat. Mm, yeah. See, I told you, mm -hmm. and even if you don't say it, it's a spirit. Yeah. 
I told you, and you gonna you did me like that. Mm -hmm. I've done that before too mm -hmm. when I've been angry and hurt. Mm -hmm. But this time, Spirit said, because again, I teach uh, people their blueprint, mm -hmm. and one of the things I'm learning as a manifesting generator is to wait to respond. Wait to respond sometimes means to digest. Mm -hmm. And so I said, can I get back with you? Let me digest. And Holy Spirit reminded me of atonement. Mm -hmm. And I knew that in order for our friendship to stand on solid ground again, mm -hmm. we had to make new agreements. Mm -hmm. So if you have if you have forgiveness or and you don't have new uh, new agreements mm -hmm. with people, it's not clear. Mm -hmm. And that's how we we could start. I know you deal with a little bit of money, right? And a little bit of credit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. when we Sometimes we want to give people credit that they haven't rebuilt. They haven't, yes. And it doesn't do them any good. Right, and the debt is not clear. Mm -hmm. Not really. So, mm -hmm. so that means that one thing a person does you back you're back at square one right exactly so no the so this is why forgiveness and atonement really do mm -hmm. work together and yes. this is this is the season yes for us to clear and open those spaces yeah it you know really why? is because we we have to i think when we're not in the space to clear it we cannot clearly hear from god we can't hear from god but hearing from god sometimes is our life giving us feedback it's mm -hmm. not always an, a mystical event mm -hmm. because our life is giving us feedback mm -hmm. and we, 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 we may not know. Sometimes it can even be self-protection mm. because when you've been hurt and traumatized, mm -hmm. you become self-protected. We yes. call it guarded. Yes, yes. And so the idea that you should open again, be flexible mm -hmm. and vulnerable can be scary and yeah. this is where femininity comes in because how can we have the soft life, the soft era, the soft season of our womanhood and our femininity mm -hmm. and our heart is hard. Yes, it's Our not heart possible. is hard. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. We got on red bottoms and black hearts. And honestly, <laughs> the ones that are guarded I would say that they're not even attracted to the soft life. They're not attracted to it. They may want it, but they don't feel that it's something that they can do. Hmm. Well, you know? I, I hear a lot of misogyny coming out of the mouths of women about the soft life because the soft life is not an, an exemption or a pass. No, absolutely so, not. So it's not a way, to, in, or in order for us to get softer mm -hmm. as women, gotta do the work. we have to do the forgiveness work. Oh, I said that in the book. I was talking about that. The work is necessary first. You can't desire something that you have not worked for. Yes. And, and then the, that's where our feminine magnetism comes in. And we don't have to work as hard. We don't have to go go hard, go home, balls to the wall. I cannot All stand of those the boss chick, by the way. I can't, I'm tired of her. I am tired of She's the boss chick. She's tired of her. She's tired. She, the yeah. boss chick is tired. tired of her. Yeah. So for the people that want to do the work. Yes. And want to dive into your book. Yes. My yes. juicy rebirth. rebirth. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So for the people that want to do the work and want to dive in, well, tell them how they can find it. Yeah. Well, so the first place is always start with the freebie. Mm -hmm. 
always. Uh, yeah. Start with the freebie yeah. and everybody who goes to download, um, shift everything because I believe that you have to shift everything into mm -hmm. to, in order to make room for everything. And so, sh so mm -hmm. start with the freebie, the yes. download of Shift Everything, okay. and then you can decide how you want to work with me, but you can go right to uh, my bio. If you're watching, send me a DM and say, mm -hmm. hey, I was watching, you know, the podcast, and, yes. and I, I, I want to know more. I would prefer at this point to DM, because you know why? They DM me anyway. Yeah. I'll say <laughs> link in bio, and <laughs> they still DM they you. They'll right. DM me right. anyway, but um, start there. And okay. then, um, you know, if you want a reading, um, I really do uh, a, something called your blueprint. Okay. Because your blueprint will tell you how you forgive, how you don't, where you need to. Yeah. It'll tell you what ancestors are working right there in your court. Yeah. Um, and so it will tell you how you need to do business. Yes. And it will awesome. also tell you how to work with your femininity mm -hmm. because all of us don't necessarily have, um, have the design for, to know the femininity. It mm -hmm. is something yeah. that we have to explore mm -hmm. because many of us have more of an imprint of masculinity mm -hmm. or what's yeah. considered masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. So, and nor is, nor is the feminine supposed to look like, it, you know, the same. Everybody's supposed to look it, the same. It's no such thing as the same. Right. So LatanyaTaylor.com, if you want to invite me and in, in to, to, you know, get to me. But the link in my bio, on IG, Rebirth with LaTanya on IG on all platforms. So for the Pretty on Paper segment, I like to ask every woman that comes on the couch, uh, what is one of their beauty secrets? Besides good sex. Ooh, <laughs> that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> rose water. Oh, rose, okay. rose water is a great refreshing, but good sex is too. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. I mean, what's the length? <laughs> what do we need to make it happen? <laughs> For good sex or rose yeah. water? Both. <laughs> we have two beauty secrets. <laughs> you know, you know. So, which one, really? Which one do you want me to speak on? Good sex or rose water? <laughs> I I really do think that pleasure is a beauty secret. Okay. I really believe that when a woman lives in her pleasure, mm -hmm. not just sex, mm -hmm. but when she's able to find pleasure, yes. the feel good of yes. it makes her beautiful. I believe that too. Absolutely. Listen, this was absolutely amazing. I wish we had more time. I really wish we'll, we had we'll more time. We'll make more time. We'll make more time. We'll make more time. So today we talked about, we covered the principle of perceptive. We actually didn't even need an intro or an introduction. I think sometimes wisdom is something that is, that is just something that comes out of your pores. It's something that you embody. Um, so what we talked about today is really the embodiment of the profitable Proverbs 31 woman and mm -hmm. the principle of perception, which is about her being wise. And so ultimately the goal and being this woman is to embody, to become, to have the essence of this woman, not to go down a to-do list, mm -hmm. 
Yes. Not to just try to knock it out and do the quick work, but actually go through the process. And so we talk about that today, the four stages of the butterfly and how to, you know, incorporate that in our lives and just get her book. It's amazing. <laughs> so thank you guys for watching and we'll see you on the next one. It's uh, Nisa Lachey. They was dying by my calling, now they peeping away.